message this morning, our God can make the impossible possible. Um, and I just want to encourage us this morning and just really, you know, if we could just grab a hold of, you know, what I believe the Lord is saying to us this morning, that obviously, you know, whatever situation we find ourselves in, that God can make the impossible possible. As Brother Andy read this morning um, from Luke 18, 27, um, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Now, I know that's our, our outline text, uh, but we will be spending, you know, kind of a bit of time in, in Genesis. So we kind of hopping back and forth a little bit. Um, so if you please open your, your Bibles to Genesis 18. Um, and then further on, we'll be in Mark 9 and Mark 5. So Genesis 18. I'm not going to go through, you know, all the, um, all the scripture. So I'm just going to paraphrase. So you remember the story um, from Genesis 18, in which God appeared to Abraham. So Abraham was sitting at the, the tent um, at the door of the tent, sorry, during the heat of the day, when suddenly three men appeared before him, standing under a tree. So Abraham went out to meet them, and he prepared a meal, and he spent some time with the three men. So while they were speaking, the Lord asked Abraham where his wife Sarah was. Then God said something so incredible. Lo, Sarah thy, thy wife shall have a son. See, at the time Sarah was in the tent and she was listening to the conversation. When she heard what was said, she laughed. She laughed at the impossible idea that she could bear a child, for she was beyond the age of childbearing, and Abraham was also far too old. Yet when God heard Sarah's laughter, he said, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? And then the next line goes on to say, Is anything too hard for the Lord? So this morning, is that the same question you, you and I need to ask? Is anything too difficult? Is anything too hard for the Lord? You see, each of us must face our own difficult circumstances and situations in life. And whilst we're going through them, God asks us the question, do you think that your problem is too hard for me to fix? Or do you believe that even through the situation, even though it seems impossible, I can make the impossible possible? You see, Jesus tells us that all things are possible. Things that are impossible with men are impossible with God. And the question is this morning, do we believe this? Do we believe what God is saying to us this morning? Do we believe that God can perform the impossible? Maybe this morning we're struggling with certain things in our lives, whether it's family, whether it's our job, whether it's our finances, our marriage, or perhaps our future. You see, as believers, when we see loved ones, brothers and sisters in Christ going through challenging times, we tell them, we tell them to hold on, keep praying, you know, God is able. Keep trusting, don't give up. God can make the impossible possible. You see, we can say these encouraging words of truth to others, yet do we really believe them ourselves? Sarah, who doubted the Lord, probably would have said the same thing if a friend was going through the same situation. You know, if she had heard um, about a godly friend, a faithful couple that was struggling to have a child, she would have told them the same thing. Keep trusting, keep praying. You know, you serve a God that does the impossible. Yet Sarah struggled believing this for herself. So why is it as believers, we can believe it for others, but we can't believe it for ourselves? See, it's not enough for us simply to believe in God as creator, the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of all things. We must believe on him. 
and believe that God wants to do the impossible in our lives. You see, the Bible makes it truly and very clear. If we do not believe God can do the impossible, we simply don't trust him. You know, I've known many situations um, in my life that looked impossible to man. Um, you know, I mentioned many times before, you know, when Cam um, was in hospital, when we had the phone call and we went down um, and the doctor pulled us to one side. Um, and he said, because, you know, the extent of his injuries, he said, I'm telling you now, he said, he's, he's not going to make the night. Um, and if he, he said, if he makes the night, he's not going to make the week. That's, you know, that's, that's how it was. You see, to them, the situation was absolutely hopeless. Yet Jesus spoke into the situation and said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Later on, they said he wouldn't walk, he wouldn't talk, he wouldn't lead a normal life. Again, things, you know, just seemed so impossible. You know, everything that everybody told us was, was doom and gloom, yet God made the impossible possible. I remember when um, he went from one ward to, to another ward, and um, this, this woman just came from nowhere, she was a nurse, came from nowhere, and she said, oh, you can't stay with him, mind. You know, you're gonna have to leave, you're gonna have to do this, you're gonna have to do that. Um, and we just sat there thinking, you know, obviously, we, you know, we can't stay with him. Um, after her shift ended, um, another nurse came in um, and he spoke to us and he said, you know what, if you want to stay here 24-7, he said, it's not an issue. So again, you know, God makes the impossible possible. So whatever issues, you know, we have going on in our lives this morning, whether it's relationship problems, whether it's family problems, whether it's money problems, problems at work, health problems, we need to believe God and what God has said is true, that nothing is impossible with him. So if you turn with me to please to the to the gospel of Mark, Mark's gospel, chapter nine. Again, I'm just going just gonna paraphrase. So Mark chapter nine. So in Mark 9, we read about a distraught father bringing his demon-possessed son to Jesus' disciples. Now, this, this child wasn't, you know, he wasn't a rebellious child. He wasn't like, you know, acting up. He wasn't a naughty child. This child was full of evil spirits, evil spirits, which controlled everything he did, even to the point of trying to kill him. See, many times the demons would try and cast him into a fire or just drown him in water. So it was a full-time job making sure the boy was safe. So just keeping the young boy from killing himself. He was probably well known throughout the region. This poor boy was considered completely hopeless. You see, physically he was just skin and bone because of his condition. He was like a mad dog that foamed at the mouth in constant torment. So you can imagine the pain and the anguish his father went through every day and yet no one was there to help. So as he stands with his son before the disciples, the evil spirits began manifesting in the boy. So the boy starts to foam at the mouth and he starts rolling around on the floor uncontrollably. Scripture tells us that the disciples prayed for him, but nothing happened. So what seemed like an impossible situation? So you can imagine all the doubters, all the scribes, all the crowds, they were scoffing, you know, when, when the... Um, when the father you know, brought the, the, the boy to the disciples and the disciples prayed and they couldn't, you know, they, they couldn't heal him. So all, all the doubters, you know, just saying, look, you're a phony. But when Jesus turned up, he asked what was going on. And the father answered and said, I brought my son to your disciples, but they couldn't heal me. And as Mark 9, 23 tells us, Jesus simply responded 
if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So see, Jesus is not only telling him, but he was telling everyone else present, everyone else that was there, do you believe I can handle this situation? You see, there's no problem. There's no impossible circumstance that I cannot fix. So the father cries out with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So in other words, he's saying, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I ever doubted you. See, Jesus made the impossible possible. He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And at this point, the boy fell to the ground as if he were dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. So why did the Holy Spirit move Mark to include this account in his gospel? Well, I truly believe this so that every parent from that moment on would know that God can be trusted to do the impossible with our children. You see the hymnist penned these words, how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he brings, but greater still the calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives. Amen. You know, as parents, um, it's difficult. I mean, we can't be with our children 24-7. You know, is he just passed a driving test? Um, you know, and, and as, as children grow up and, you know, they, they kind of just start driving and they go their own ways. Again, we can't be with them 24-7. But what an assurance we have that we can trust God to look after them. Amen. Amen. You see, many Christian parents agonize of their children being in the world and also of the world you know, traveling a path that leads to destruction. And the devil has convinced these parents with a powerful lie that his children can never be saved, that their problems can never be fixed, and God is unable to help them. You know, this morning, I know many of us, or most of us, are family and friends that are unsaved. My dad is now 82, he was 82 last week. Um, and honestly, it's only by the grace of God that he's, he's still with us, honestly. It's only by the grace of God my mother has said many times, Cal, you know, he's hopeless. He, he, he'll never come to Christ. But you know, while he still has breath, I'll just keep praying and I'll just keep believing that God can make the impossible possible. Because again, with God, nothing is impossible. You may be saying this morning, preacher, you don't know them like I do. You know, they've gone too far. They're dead inside. Well, if you turn with me, please, to Mark uh, chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we read a story about Jairus. Now Jairus was a synagogue ruler and he was desperate for Jesus to come and heal his daughter. So verse uh, 23 says, he besought him greatly, saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. So Jesus, as we know, agreed to go with him, but along the way, a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years touched his garment. And as Jesus was ministering to her, you know, Jairus must have been beside himself. And I kind of just, you know, always put myself in, in their situation. And, you know, he, he goes, he's, he's, you know, he's besought Jesus. He's desperate for Jesus to come and, and heal his daughter. Um, Jesus agrees. Um, and I can just see him there just, oh, you know, come on, come on, we need to go, we need to go. And obviously a woman comes, she touches him. Jesus is ministering, you know, to this woman. And he's like, come on, Lord, you know, we need to go. You know, there's, we, we haven't got much time. You know, my need is kind of greater than hers and it's greater, you know, than theirs. And as Jesus tarried, 
A messenger from Jairus' house came with the tragic news that his daughter had died. And he said, why trouble us, the master, any further? You see, Jairus' heart was gripped with grief. If only we hadn't stopped. If only we had got, you know, gotten there on time. But now it's too late. My daughter is dead. So verse 36 tells us, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said, be not afraid, only believe. Now, I, I find verse 37 so, so interested. He suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John. So Peter, James, and John, the same three that were on the Mount of Transfiguration. You see, Jesus wouldn't allow any doubt, any unbelief to hinder his work. Because as he approached Jairus' house, they heard sounds of wailing and mourning. Family and friends were grieving over the girl. So as Jesus stood there, he knew exactly what they were thinking. If only you had got here on time. Remember Mary and Martha? Remember the story of Lazarus? Um, Lazarus? Um, when Jesus came and they said, look, you know, if, if only you had come here earlier, I believe my brother would have lived. You know, thinking that Jesus could only help as long as it is some signs of life. If he'd only be, been here whilst he was alive. See, once the life was gone, you know, they were thinking not even Jesus could restore the situation. And again, I just want to encourage us this morning, just never give up. Never give up. It doesn't matter how impossible the situation looks or seems. God is able. Our God is able. Amen? So just believe God is able. So verse 39 says, And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. So he's saying, This situation is not what you see or think. See, you see and think the impossible. That's what you're seeing with your natural eyes. You see the impossible. I see the possible. So after they, those family and friends, all weeping, laughed him to scorn, Jesus rebuked their unbelief and he kicked them out. He said he, said he, he put them out. <laughs> I believe he kicked them out. So Jesus took the three disciples and the girl's mother and father into the room. So we see a picture of, of belief. We see Peter, James, and John. We see Jesus. We see his mother um, and father, her mother and father. So all the doubters, all the unbelieving had left. So Jesus takes the girl by the hand and simply says, arise. So again, why did Mark include this, um, this, um, this story in his account? I believe it's to show us that nobody is too dead or too far gone for God to restore. When we think all hope is lost, just keep trusting God. Keep believing God. Because again, God can make the impossible possible. Because if we say God cannot, we're calling God a liar. In 1 John 5.10, it says that he that believeth not God has made him a liar. So simply put, if we ever doubt God and say the situation is hopeless, it's way beyond fixing, we're basically calling God a liar. Again, is anything too hard for the Lord? So again, I just want to encourage us this morning, whatever we're struggling with, we need to give it to God and fully trust God. If his finances we're struggling with this morning, you know, I learned many years ago, as much money, you know, as I had coming in, it was just going straight, you know, straight back out. If I was working extra shifts, um, you know, and earning some extra money, it would just, it would just go. So basically, my, you know, my, it seemed like my, my pockets had holes. Um, and I remember speaking to, to an old pastor, um, lovely, godly man. He's, he's gone to be with, with the Lord. Um, and I just mentioned this, you know, to him. Um, and the first thing he said was, you know, how much do you tithe? 
Um, and my reply was, well, I don't. And he said, well, you know, that's, that's your problem. That's your problem. You need to give God what is his and he'll take care of the rest. And you know, and, and as time has, has gone, um, over and over again, God has just proved himself over and over again. Now, I, I can't remember if um, you can remember telling you this, but I mean, many years ago when, when the kids were young, I mean, we were in a situation, we were in a, a rented accommodation, um, and it just, it just wasn't, you know, the right situation. Um, and we just said, look, we need to move. Um, so anyway, we just, you know, we're, we're looking for a, for a house, found a house. Um, and we just said, Lord, if, if this is a view, just, you know, just let it go through. So I think about four weeks the, the house had gone through. Uh, but it just needed total restoration. There was an elderly couple um, that had lived there um, and it needed total restoration. But again, we you know, we just didn't have much money. Um, and I remember just kind of, you know, just ripping the house um, to bits, just as Brother Andy, Andy is doing at the moment. Um, so yeah, just um, I just remember because needed a new boiler so I took the old back boiler and the old cylinder out um, but the, you know the gas meter was in one corner of the house and the new boiler was was in the other uh, corner and I just remember sitting on the stairs and just saying Lord you know I've got no money I just you know you need to help us um, and I needed 10 lengths of you know 22 mil copper one length of 15 um, and I think it's about two days later you know there, there was a knock on the door um, so I answered the door and this I think it was Royal Mail then he said you know I've got a delivery for you I said, well, mate, I haven't ordered anything. He said, well, this is your address. He said, is this you? I said, yes. So he said, well, it's, it's obviously yours. So anyway, he brought the contents from his van, um, put it in the house, and it was exactly 10 lengths, uh, you know, 10 lengths of uh, 22 copper and one length of 15. And I just, you know, just me and my kind of naivety was just thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to have to kind of ring him up and, you know, pay for this. Um, but when I looked at the invoice, the invoice said paid, you know, 0, 0.00. So again, God has just been, you know, incredible. Again, another, you know, when, when Cam was in hospital, um, I remember, I mean, it was just so expensive, you know, driving back and forth, driving back and forth. Um, it was food and, you know, diesel. Um, and I just remember that um, I was doing the day shift, Chris was doing the night shift, driving back in the evening. Um, I just put my last 20 pounds, you know, diesel in the car um, and just talking to the Lord and just said, Lord, I just, I just, you know, I, I just don't want me gonna get, you know, back down to Cardiff tomorrow. I just put my last, 20 pound in you know in in, in the car um, and then when I got home I opened the door um, and there was an envelope you know on the floor um, so I picked the envelope up the, I picked the envelope up and it was just full you know full of money so again just obviously you know God has just absolutely just you know blessed us beyond and above and honestly I can just you know just stay here all day just you know giving testimony after testimony you know I believe God moved supernaturally uh, because he wanted to prove to me, that he could do the impossible. So this morning, is there some sin, you know, some uh, besetting sin this morning uh, that we just can't overcome, whether it's anger or bitterness, you know, things that we're watching that we really shouldn't, um, things that we're doing that we really shouldn't. You see, many times we, you know, we try and overcome them in our own strength. Um, yeah, it's successful for, you know, successful for a while, but we just keep, you know, going back into it. See, the key is giving it over to God and believe that he can do the impossible. You see, we, seem that we, we serve the same God that restored um, the possessed boy who raised Jairus' daughter. We serve the same God that delivered the Hebrews from the Egyptians. 
Remember the tax bill from the fish's mouth? We serve the same God, the same God that fed Elijah with food from a raven, kept a widow's barrel of meal topped up, fed 5,000 or more with five fish and two loaves. Again, we can spend all day, you know, just going through all the provisions that, you know, that God has done through, throughout Scripture. So as, as I close this morning, what is the application, you know, for us this morning? How do I apply this to my life? Just simply believe God can. God can. Whatever the circumstances, whatever the situation looks, even if it looks beyond all hope, grab hold of faith this morning and believe God can absolutely change and transform our life and situation. And again, if, if you take nothing else this morning, just take these words, because God can make the impossible possible. Amen. Will you bow your heads, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Father, we just ask you that you just help us take on board what was being said this morning. Father, just grab a hold of your words and Father, apply them to, to our lives. Father, we just thank you that you can make the impossible possible. And Father, we just ask you now that you just, you know, help our unbelief. So Father, we just ask you that you just bless each and every one of us in thy precious name. Amen.